Welcome to the Buck and Mike Experience. Experience sports like you never had before. Where the buck stops. And the mic drops. Bam. And we are back. Well, guys, it's been a nice thing. What, six weeks? Yeah, it's about been about a month and a half. Yeah, about a yeah. month and a half. Um, for multiple reasons. One being we work in a scolding hot garage. Um, two being there, it was time. We needed a break. It was, there wasn't a lot going there on. There wasn't. There was a lot. We, we built into, and now where we're at, everything's going to start ramping up. We've got playoff races we've got hell, we've got women's world cup nfl there's plenty of things going on right now so we'll definitely be able to get rocking yeah. and rolling fantasy football i don't know about you but i've got like two drafts this weekend oh do you oh yeah this early this well, early i've already done two dynasty drafts and oh, i've got no, two no, drafts no no no, no. i have a draft at 11 a.m saturday 7 30 p.m saturday and then another one in two weeks after that i would never draft before the fourth preseason game i'm not the commissioner like i'm i'm okay with drafting in between the third and fourth, but yeah. I would not draft before that. Yeah. There, that's that's just that's nonsense. I it, that's I, nonsense. it fears me. It scares me with all the injuries, especially yes. as you've seen so many guys already get things that are even if they're small things, nagging stuff. We're talking cup with a hamstring, um, burrow with a calf strain. Yeah, I mean nothing that says. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been injuries. Well, Tim Patrick. Yeah, Tim Patrick. That guy can't catch a break. Yeah. Like, Denver itself, just right now with receivers, uh, first Tim Patrick uh, tore his Achilles, and then K.J. Hamler comes out having pair, uh, it is called uh, pericarditis, which is a heart condition. He ended up getting that, and then they cut him. They cut him? Yeah, they cut him. Dang. They planned to bring him back, but they cut him. Oh, okay. And I I just, but still, like, why would you cut him? I True. think it's a financial thing that helps him. It's kind of what uh, happened with uh, Chris Carson. Okay. Uh, so what Seattle helps with the insurance yeah. thing and all that stuff. But yeah, man. Hey, it helps is the guy that drafted Mar- Marvin Mims. Yeah, Marvin Mims. Mims. I'm just saying, me and my buddy, we dashed, drafted him in a dynasty league and we stashed him in that little rookie safe bench. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. He's it's, looking real nice as the number it, three it right is, now. It is him. <laughs> and, and they got uh, Marquez Callaway from the Saints. Uh, True. Those are basically the four – or. Uh, really than Sutton like, and Judy. Those Sutton, are the only... Judy, but Sutton's prone to get hurt. I mean, if, yeah. if you're the Broncos, you better be signing somebody because you should. After Sutton, after Sutton goes down, inevitably, it's really it's Jerry Judy and then a rookie. Um, <laughs> Marcus Callaway's a home run threat that's never been consistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't have anyone else. I mean, they probably do. Just <clears throat> there's some guys that are guys. undrafted free agents and things that are probably names we're not even thinking of considering. <laughs> yeah. But since we're already on this, you know, I actually kind of thought we would hit baseball first just because it's what's going on, but we just kind of rolled into this. It just kind of happened, yeah. yeah. So, so talking about the draft, um, one of the things that people like to do in the draft, particularly me, is make sure I get a running back in the first round. But with what's going on right now, one of the top running backs, we're not sure if he's even going to play right now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you've got it. Jonathan Taylor, that, that whole saga right now is – a dumpster fire. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen an owner actually come out and just basically say, You're we don't care. If like, an owner was whatever. ever gonna do it though, it's Jim Mercer. It is. It like, is the, he's the, that the guy, guy, the guy like, that gets no, arrested for yeah. narcotics. Like I think the NFL owners will vote or say out as the next one. Like I think now that they finally got rid of Oh boy, from the uh, commanders, which not Rivera. <laughs> that's a whole that's new, the, the whole naming change, the whole new topic yeah. discussion of its own there. But 
now that they've gotten rid of him, I think the next point that they point their head at is it could be Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, I really think be. that they will look for every chance now to get him out because he's been issued since prior to Andrew Luck and some things that were going yeah. on then. I mean, there's been issues for him for a while, drinking and driving, like you said. Yeah. I mean, and this is a billionaire. You're a billionaire. Why are you even driving? If I'm a billionaire, y'all, I'm never driving, like anywhere. I'm owning a helicopter and a driver. 100%. There's no like, reason to drive. Never. There's and no if way. I owned a sports team, I have a helipad. Like, we're landing at practices. Why the hell would I drive? Yeah. 100%. Like, like look, it makes no sense. Rest in peace. Kobe had it right. He flew to every Laker game. He got his own license and flew himself there. Like, look, fluke accident happened. Yeah. We understand that. But in, in hindsight, dude had it right. If I had it, I'm flying everywhere. Forget uh, all the traffic 100%. sucks. <laughs> but with that going on, there's been rumors that there are teams out there that are willing to like go for it. Um, so I made a list down of basically the top teams that I could actually legitimately see like making a making a chop for it. Um, Miami was rumored. I was gonna say to uh, be uh, in the market for Saquon Barkley. So now that Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor would be a less expensive option because you yeah. just sign him and once you trade for him, you just tell him what. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he'd play for a new team without rushing the contract because he wants to show off. He'd probably want some kind of guarantee. I mean, he's not making very much on a second-round contract. That's right. And he's going into year four, right? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he'll, 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 be, he'll be a free agent next year. Oh, man. Yeah. So he'll so probably need some kind of extension a year or something. Kansas City is one of them. But I don't see, I don't see them an, an interleague trade to do it. Oh. Well, true. Cap well, doesn't exist. Well, I know the cap doesn't exist, but if you look at it, if we just talked about the idea of giving them money – needed i think that if you're them you're just as content holding on to your staple of pacheco, pacheco for power mckinnon and maybe clyde edwards as some receiving guys like i don't know that you i think you would go out if you didn't pull the trigger on hopkins you're not pulling the trigger on Jonathan. right yeah but i also think that they sneaky has some guys that they're ready to show out with their mm-hmm. receiver justin ross justin ross yes i'm just saying yes. people don't realize that name you better learn he's your stash name he was someone that i told my brother about last year i was like i wouldn't pick him up this year but remember his name he is on the bench of all of my dynasty leagues i'm just waiting it's a, for it's a smart play uh other teams are baltimore <clears throat> buffalo chicago new orleans and denver those are all teams and the reason denver is because um, injury questions uh, behind yeah. Javante Williams. Javante, his injury. I, I like the idea of the Saints because we know that uh, as any day now we're going to hear about Alvin Kamara being submitted. Yep. We, I mean, now they did sign Jamal Williams and they did draft they the kid out of TCU. Yep. So maybe they don't want to invest in that. And it also comes down to the entirety of the market dying. We, we're sitting in a situation where Josh Jacobs is refusing to report. For the Raiders, and he was your league leading rusher last and year. And there's actually uh, something that popped up yesterday that the Raiders are willing to uh, start talking again on a contract. So, yeah, but are they allowed to at this point? Isn't it, there's a cut at a certain point? Well, I guess if he never signed the t- yeah. tender, I guess there's no rule to that. Yeah. yeah Hell, so. if he never signs the tender, at what point does he become a free agent? I mean, I'm you sorry, know. but isn't the yeah. point of the franchise? See that there's a flaw there. That's here. Here's the thing. So. If he doesn't sign, it just goes the next year. Yeah, I guess so my issue is that. He just wasted, it's what Le'Veon Bell, what happened to Le'Veon yeah. Bell. You just wasted a year of your life or your career to push that back. And then so there's I, there's no win-win. And according from what I read, the, CBA, the new CBA is basically kind of outlaws the whole not being able to do what Jenkins is doing right now. 
even though he's kind of doing it. Yeah, I, I feel like there ought to be some kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, they're trying to take care of that. It would be nice if they had a clause of some kind that said that if we didn't do it and we know that a situation like this is going to happen, something kind of like you have the compensation. So say the guy does, say we get to the second week of the preseason and he ends up not coming to terms, won't sign next free agency, and he goes, okay, fine, you can go to free agency. But whatever team does sign you, they have to either that team gets a match chance, kind of like a restricted free agency in basketball. Okay. Okay. Or they they also would have to be willing to give up draft compensation. So like yes. say yeah, say Jacob on the size the of the team, contract. Exactly size of the contract, positional value, what you did. You could scale from a third all the way to a first. Josh Jacobs right now, I mean he's twenty four years old and, and his legs are still young. Yeah, like he didn't run a lot. If you gave him the the contract, you could give up a first round pick if you're a championship caliber team. Yeah. Because he could be what puts you over the top. Definitely. Uh, and so, with in the whole world of, like we said, the, the running back dying, we have Dalvin Cook, who's still a productive player, wandering the streets right now. Yeah, yeah. And now, I think part of it is because he wants X, which he's probably worth whatever dollar amount he's asking for, but yeah. teams don't want to pay it. And he probably, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't want a one-year deal. I bet he's walking into every room saying, I want a two-year deal. And at least, at least. Those are the probably some of the holdups they're looking at with him. I mean, he's only, what, 27 himself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a slew of shoulder injuries that he's constantly kind of got... <coughs> that he's kind of got fixed. But and, he's, and he's dealt with those his whole career, and they've, yeah. never, they've never been an issue for him causing him to miss time. Not in a strong, Just long basis. Missed games. He's missed time, just not games. Games, exactly. He's played in almost every game. It's just he's gone out early. Yeah, so I don't see – I don't know. It's that whole whole market of decision. You've got guys – now you have the whole revolt of all the other guys coming out, the Derrick Henrys, the Christian McCaffrey's. Derrick Henry, Barkley again, Josh Jacobs again. Which Barkley Uh, settled on nothing. Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah. Those are all free agents. They're all your friends. And then, and then we don't even talk about guys that are going to be getting drafted, yep. which teams are going to go take those guys because they're going to say, oh, fresh legs, lower budget, and all that stuff. Yep. There there really does have to be something. Like, I understand there's no way to change the CBA. The CBA that's already coming is locked in. It ain't changing for 10 years. But there has to be something to not allow it a position group to be messed up as bad as this one is. Now, yeah. Yeah. I've seen the whole thing about kickers make more. That you can't really trust because there's – 20, yeah. There's 33 yeah. kickers. There's three running backs got, on every roster. You've got, so. yeah, you got three or four running backs per <laughs> roster. And then you have Hell, the Dolphins 100% one kicker on a team. And some teams might have a, a backup kicker. So you have maybe at the most like four. Yeah, you're talking exactly. So the numbers are a little bit skewed. So that's gonna because especially because there are going to be kickers like Justin Tucker who – Make a little more. Yeah, he's the greatest kicker ever, so he should. <laughs> so yeah, those numbers to me are skewed, and it does like when you look at it on paper, you're like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. But when you start actually kind of thinking about it, you're going, it is low, but at the same time, it's not really like that bad. It's, yeah, that, that it's to, looking. There's a it's equation, bad, there's but more, it's not as bad as you're it's taking the average of a lot more people, and you're going to yeah. have tons of rookie running backs that are exactly. on rosters right now making 275 for 300, 400K, like veteran low-end money that are going to weigh that stuff down. You've got guys like – some of these guys have signed some decent deals. Like David Montgomery, he, he was able to capitalize and get a decent contract. Not a great contract, but yeah. he, I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall for the position and his injury history. 
and took a so contract. He went that, to the Lions. Yeah, he's on the Lions. Um, and he's, I mean, he's going to be essentially what Jamal Williams, Williams was for them last yeah. year. He's going to be the goal line guy. He's going to be the between the tackles. And Jameer Gibbs is, they would, all they did was take their staple of running backs last year and remake it with new bodies. Yeah. It's, it's literally all they did. They said yeah. it worked. We just need him to stay healthy this time. Yeah. Now, I don't think that you got healthier by going from Williams to Montgomery. But that's the that point. I'm really waiting for the day that someone just walks into the draft and goes, Running back, second round, running back, third round. One's a scat back, one's a power back, and then just doesn't sign a veteran. Just goes, these are our guys. I mean, really, really, it's a shocker no one's done it yet. I like, mean, Green Bay does that with tight ends. This is true. They, they do. Green Bay's one of the teams staying loyal with their running back system. Yeah. you got two guys, yeah. what, 29-year-old Aaron Jones. And Surprisingly. A.J. Dillon's bruising at 24 now, 25. Like, they're just like, yeah, y'all come back. We're going we're gonna to pay y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't pay anybody else, but they're running backs. Packers got you. <laughs> so, uh, other running back news, Ronald Jones for the Cowboys. Denying uh, it adamantly. That it was a, a medication for a heart heart condition. So, got to get that stuff approved. Maybe though. that's not as bad. And in other news, Jerry Jones said that the door isn't closed on Zeke. That so has been getting to me. Is it, is it shocking? Because it just, right now, it just kind of seems that that's going to end up being what it is. Like, because they really didn't go for anyone else. Like, Ronald Jones? I I really think, eh? I wonder, I'm honestly wondering if they're going to take the preseason and actually take the preseason games into account here to see how a Malik Davis does. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. That's I true. think that Malik Davis is the guy that's going to take the touches that Zeke had. Now, he won't take as many touches as Zeke had. I think Pollard is, I, the Cowboys might run Pollard in the ground. I think yes. that Pollard is going to get utilized, and he's yep. going to get crap if he gets hurt next season. But I think Malik Davis sees – I wouldn't be shocked if he sees 150 touches. If, if, he's, if he proves in the spring training preseason that he can be the guy to do power yardage, third and one, goal line, because I, I don't think Pollard's your goal line guy. He's your oh, no. gadgety no. guy back yeah. maybe if you want to go trick and fancy it. But if you're going to just power it through, I really think Malik Davis gets those touches. I think yep. he could see 100 yep. to 150 a modest number of carries as long as he can prove in the preseason and the pre-work that he's the guy. Like, he's willing to be that guy. And he's cheap. He's not a 500K problem. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, he's compared to me. So. Um, and then, of course, the other thing coming out of training camp, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, he always has rough training camps. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but he always has it. So, if you hear in the news that he's doing terrible, it's normal. Um, it, it happens every single year. So it's, it's so like when I hear it, over I'm just like, uh, okay, the inflation of guys' goods and bads in spring training. In spring training, yeah. Like, oh my, oh my gosh, gosh, did you see the cannon on, on him and that catch? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It was a one-on-one catch. Cool, but it's not, they're, they're in shorts and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm they're cool, not, but I'm not impressed. Now, there was a scare because I saw Michael Parsons blew up the, uh, the left end left side in and came through and yes. that rolled up on Dak. <laughs> yes. There was Last that. thing you want to see is your best player hurting your starting quarterback. Season over before it left. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun getting the getting the preseason wrapped up. Tom- not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow mm-hmm. we kick off the Hall of Fame game yep. with the Browns and the Jets. Jets. The Jets. Jets on Hard Knocks starts the 8th, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to watch that because well, I watch Hard Knocks, and it's in my division. Like, yeah. How do you I not? mean, you have to watch it, uh, especially with the drama that's kind of unfolding in 
in, in the preseason right now with Nathaniel Hackett. With Nathaniel Hackett and Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton straight up comes out and says, I don't care that we as coaches stand up for each other. Nathaniel Hackett's trash. Which, I mean, we all thought it, but yeah. he can't say that. Yeah, he can't say I that. can. I'm Joe Blow. You're a fraternity. Uh, can't do that. It'd be like me going on a private feed and saying, Mike, you suck at this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, man, no. What if Mike Golick going on after he retired was like, you know all those years I did it with Mike and Mike in the morning? Yeah. Greenberg? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is like, and they, and they play each other uh, week five. Um, so that's going to be... Uh, must see TV. Oh, the worst part is I don't care for Sean Payton, and I really don't hate Aaron Rodgers. Like I've never hated the Jets. I know they're you are supposed to hate your division rivals, but like the only one I've ever hated because most of my life they've been the only one that's been anything is New England. Right. Like honestly, I'm indifferent on the Bills. I don't really care about the Jets. I'd rather my Dolphins win, but if one of those wins the division, it's like oh, shit. well, honestly, no. I put a parlay bet in the Finns to win the division. But get into that later. Um, but. I hate New England Patriots. So as long as they're getting last, I don't care. But, like, I, if you want to root against them, but then you're like, man, that hurts me if the Jets win, but, God, I hate Sean Payton. Right. Never liked the guy. My favorite Sean Payton is actually when Kevin James plays Sean Payton in a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was so. funny. All right, so before we move on, because I don't have anything else other than this one thing, um, we got to rate the new threads. New thread. All all the new helmets and uniforms oh, they're in the league this year. There's a lot so of I'll, I'll go ahead and name it off. So this is this is where I have it at. I've got the Titans and the Oilers unis. And they'll be playing Houston wearing them on uh, December 27th. Okay. So they're going to be facing Houston in the Oilers uh, uniforms. Right. So that'll be, that'll that'll be, be cool. hilarious. Uh, then you have that game to do it. The Seahawks '90s throwbacks that they'll be playing sweet. against uh, Cleveland in Week yes. Eight. So sweet. Uh, then you have uh, the Buccaneers with Bucko Bruce and the cream simple uh, uniforms, bringing back the classic. Bringing back the classic. Even if you have Baker Mayfield at quarterback, it's still a cool jersey. Yeah, or Kyle Trask, or Kyle Trask. whoever it is. You have Arizona coming out with a line of Falcons jerseys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm, I'm gonna get to them in a second. Uh, and then you got uh, Philadelphia bringing back the Kelly Greens. So nice. Yep. Such a, that's my like one of my so favorite shades. That's of my green. one, two, three. That's number four. Number five. We just we Are just you talked about them because they're the Eagles. No, because okay. I, I think the uh, <laughs> the sure Titans, Seahawks, and Bucks look better. Okay. Um, but then after that, you have the Jets with their '80s legacy white, which goes back to the New York Sap Exchange days. What is that? I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. I still don't know what it is. That is <laughs> a defensive line of Mark Gassineau, Joe Klecko, Marty Lyons, and Abdul Salam. They led the league with 66 sacks in 1981, which was tied for second place with the 1963 Boston Patriots. Wow, and this was, was at the time. And then the leader at the time was the 1967 Raiders, who had 67 sacks. All right. Yeah. So now they are currently in, tied for sixth place with sixty-six sacks. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I had to look that up because I was like, "What is the New York Sack Exchange?" It came from uh, the Jets being invited to the New York, New York Stock Exchange. 
So that defensive line, they all bet each other to see who could get the most sacks, and they went out there and dominated. So they ended up became, becoming uh, the New York Sack Exchange. With that said, almost all of these jerseys have been shared on our Facebook page. Yes. So join the Buck and Mike Experience Facebook page. So, you know, either myself or Mike has both shared the links all the time. So just find it, join it, and you can see exactly what we're looking at for the ones who obviously don't are listening audio and don't get to see images and stuff like that. Um, you can see all these and put on there what you think's your favorite one. Put mm -hmm. comments and thoughts about those jerseys because we love your feedback. Uh, the next one at number six is the Vikings Purple People Leader Stobacks. I'm always down for some purple. That uh, they'll be uh, playing week one against Tampa Bay in. So we're going to be seeing them right off the bat. Yes. Um, and then after that, you have the Broncos with their snow cap that they're only going to be wearing with their orange uniforms. Okay. Um, that's supposedly only going to be three games. And then you have the Browns with their white helmet. And I seen you go bomb a minute ago. And uh, they got a lot of flack on this because, oh, the Bengals did it, so they got to do it. Well... The Browns wore white helmets from 46 to 51, and that's before the Bengals even existed. So, they and, actually... And they still never won anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so, that was actually something that they wore. Uh, so, this is a throwback to that because the Bengals' um, <coughs> ice white helmets were so popular. Which um, they are. Yeah, oh, 100%. Absolutely gas. And then we go to, oh, and they also got a new logo that we talked about before. We have the one with the different reasons behind yeah. Cincinnati or Cleveland. Uh, and then we get to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they're not actually getting a new uniform. They're getting an update on it. So apparently whenever the league switched to Nike, they didn't have that true process blue color okay. uh, in, their, in their little scheme. So they just picked one that was close to it. And now Nike actually has that color. So they're changing to the actual true process blue color that they had before Nike took over the uniforms. You'd have to think that Nike, in all of its infinite wisdom, could have added a color to this color palette. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago. So, like so prior to making the deal. What that one is. And then we get to what I'm going to call the trash. Because after that, it don't matter. Because <laughs> you have the high school uniforms for the Cardinals. Yeah, those are bad. Those are so basic. Yeah, just boring. very basic. You know, I mean, they're. I would say but they're better than the again, Falcons two tone crap. But you know what? I'll take the Falcons two code because at least the, the mm -hmm. Cardinals are going to put a basic roster on the field too. So. Well, that's true. That <laughs> true. Uh, and then you have the Colts Indiana Knights with a black helmet uh, and blue mesh looking uh, jerseys, which just makes them look like Duke football. Um, like, if you look up Duke football, the first pictures you're going to see is the blue uniforms and the black helmet. That's true. Like, that's what they are. Indianapolis Colts are emulating the Duke Blue Devils football team. Oh, and that doesn't work out for Duke very well, so. And then we come to the last one, which I battled between these two uh, with, with uh, the Colts. The last one here is the Lions using their 61-69 to 69 logo, which is... I'm sorry, it's, you, I understand you want to use that for like an alternate logo, but don't put that ugly thing on your, on your helmet. Like, it's gross. And they're only going to be wearing them for the gray uniforms. Yeah, only with the grays, uh, which I do like the grays. Well, yeah, I like, I like the, the grays. grays. I just, I think that helmet is ugly. I like the it lines. so ugly. I like the lion's colors in general. I always have. I don't yeah. know why, they, yeah. but that, that blue is so nice. And then, 
there are a couple rumors that the Chargers are thinking about bringing back the navy blue uh, helmet. Okay. Which, that would be cool. Uh, as long as it's not the navy blue that they did a couple years ago. That was ugly. <laughs> um, and then the Bills are um, rumored to be bringing back the red helmet. Okay. That, these two may not happen until next year. Gotcha. Gotta uh, have some fun next year, right? But here's the cool thing that I forgot to mention. The Lions are getting new uniforms in 2024. Hmm. Yes. They're getting new uniforms in 2024. 100%. And on top of that, the Texans are rumored to be getting new uniforms in either 24 or 25. Huh. So, we got a little, little, uh, some updates coming. Wait up. And then... Wait, the, ways to make more money. No, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and then the last thing that I want to talk about has nothing to do with the jerseys. Uh, it kind of does because two of the teams... Cincinnati with their, their ice white and then the purple people leaders. So, would you believe me if I told you that Kirk Cousins was a better playoff quarterback than Joe Burrow? Oh, don't give me that BS thing, but you know, I saw the numbers. 1.75 touchdowns per game to Burrow's 1.4. turnovers a game to Burrow's 96.5 passer rating to Burrow's 93. 250 yards per game to Burrow's 260, 20 points per game to Burrow's 22. So he leads in those two. And then it gets down to the Vikings have allowed 28 points per game in the playoffs. And the Bengals have only uh, allowed 18 points per game. Let's also throw in the wrench that we have a fourth-year, fifth-year quarterback versus a 10. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we're also talking about a guy that everyone is – always kind of down on. They're always like, oh, I love he's, he's just, he's not that good. Like, he's actually better. Like, he's, right now, to me, he's suffering from the Tony Romo syndrome. Oh, yeah. I see. Like, he, that's exactly he what he's He does have a very through. Romo career arc, where the numbers are there, the production's there, and it's just never been around him completely. Yeah. Like, there's always something missing. Right now, with the Vikings, it's they have no defense. Like, yeah. it, it's still not no good. Defense. Like, they're, they're, the only thing that's keeping them in the divisional race this year is the fact that they're supposed to have an elite offense. But, I mean, they let the best running back they had go. And if you really look, Madison's not that good. Every every running back behind Alexander Madison on the depth chart brings, to get, brings about a better individual skill to the position than Madison does. Yeah. He's just an average, okay football player. It's really on the shoulders of Jefferson, Hawkinson, and God, they hope Addison's good. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, they're going to have to air it out with those three guys. But I really thought that was interesting because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, big, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Oh, me too. But Joe seeing Burrow. that Which and, and actually, like, legitimately just not cherry-pick stats, it's like those are legitimate stats that you would use to compare players. It is, like, sure. And you're looking at it going – Cousins is kind of underrated, like a, a little bit more than underrated. Like he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Even Patrick Mahomes believes he believes he's better than people give him credit for. Oh yeah, like the dude is really good. And I was going to say and that's this why for, it's always funny that he spends every year as a maybe. Like even this year, right. if you look up an article on Kirk Cousins right now, there's one on ESPN. I kid you not that says going into a questionable or a big time year for Kirk Cousins, what will his future be? 
his future B, he's only 34, and he's the best player they got on the roster. They need yeah. to pay his ass yeah. and help him feed Brett Jefferson because why would you even risk putting someone out there? Because how many times have we seen an elite receiver fall off of a cliff statistically because the team thought that quarterback's not the answer, throw a young guy in or a new guy in and it doesn't work out. Yeah. This is, DeAndre Hopkins was floundering for a chunk of time because he hadn't found quarterback play. Like, And then he signed with the Titans. And then he decided to sign with bad quarterback. So, <laughs> so maybe he is the problem. Uh, so I, I was going to go off and switch here, but because we talked about hard knocks earlier and we just got to be talking about Kirk Cousins, have you watched quarterbacks? I have not watched it. I, knowing that Burrow is on next season. No, he's not. He's official. He says he's going to be. They, he denied it already. He denied it. I read one just today that says Joe Burrow is in it. Pretty yeah. sure. I don't know. I'm down to watch it if he's in it for sure. I've heard really good things. I actually just got Netflix back like two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. So I, I, want, I will sit down and watch it pretty soon. Just because it's kind of like Hard Knocks. It's one of those things where it's fun to get the other side of the content. Um, now, I have no desire to learn about Marcus Mariota, though. Okay. You see it? Yeah, yeah. it's been reported by uh, Peter King. Yeah. I have okay. no desire to learn about Marcus Mariota. Like, I literally might fast forward past him. But <laughs> his 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 stuff is like very. It's one of those that you just don't care. Yeah, like just don't give a because you knew what knew what happened in the season. You just don't care. Yeah, and so I mean, I really want to watch him sit the bench. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a really good show. It's like to me, it's I would say it's better than Hard Knocks, and but Hard Knocks hasn't been good in several years, so it's not saying much. Um, but yeah, I I didn't realize that Burrow had a. Had said yes, I read it. He declined it. it. Yeah. So if Burrow was in it, okay, that's cool. But I also made a list of quarterbacks that have said no, uh, which is really long. Burrow, well, we'll remove his name. Uh, Fields has said no. Howell has said no. Hertz has said no. Lamar has said no. Dak has said no. Geno has said no. Tua has said no, and Stafford has said no. You know what? All those guys have a trend, though, excluding Hertz. Most of those guys are guys that are really young. Who need to, or or really old, who are trying to secure that they're the guy, and mm-hmm. that's a distraction. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Marge Mario, doing it was stupid in my opinion. Now that I know what the show's about, because you were fighting for what might have been your last chance, and you had an off the field thing that adding to that. Yeah. Like I understand Lamar got paid, so maybe he's an anomalous reason not to be on it. Um, but Mahomes, he's not going anywhere. Kirk Cousins, yes, he might be going to a questionable contract here and all, but he's still been, yeah. we, what we say, underrated and deserves more. Gosh darn it. But, like, Dak's going into a contract here. Um, Fields, this is the year for Fields. Most people yeah. say that if you don't take your high, heroic step forward, the Bears move on. Um, I mean, a lot of those guys you're, that get named on that list, which I understand why they want to get a guy like that, because if he blows up on their show, it's great. If he yeah. collapses on their show, it's yeah. great. But I can understand why a player like that would not want to. So, with that being said, who other than Burrow do you think would be good? Ba- uh, well, so Based off who hasn't said no? <laughs> based, off, based off who hasn't said no and your understanding of the show. So you have like the star superstar quarterback, which is going to be Burrow. It's going to be Burrow. He's there. So Patches of Burrow this year. All right. So you also had Kirk Cousins, who was kind of in that middle ground, which would have been a perfect Dak. Yeah. Like Dak would have been a perfect. I'm a good player. I'm in the middle. I'm better than I probably get credit for sometimes. 
Like, that's literally the name that comes to mind yeah. is Dak Prescott. I can't... Uh, maybe a, a maybe a Tannehill to replace a Mariota wouldn't be, an int- wouldn't be a bad one if he's still quarterbacking next year. I mean, let's so, be honest. I have, I have a few. I have, for that position, I have Tannehill, Purdy, Pickett, Carr. Those are the ones that are kind of in that area because... If Pickett has a decent season this year that shows that he's cemented himself, he would be a very good second guy. Yeah. I think I can see that one. And then, he had good number. He had good signs as well. <coughs> For the other one, to me it's between like mm. Watson, Daniel Jones, and... And Russ, uh, forget that. I want him to really break the mold for the other one, and I want him to go follow Caleb Williams or the kid from North Carolina as they journey to go to the NFL. I mean, that would be pretty cool. That, that would, would be, be cool. amazing. If your yeah. third guy was this is Caleb Williams getting ready for USC and Utah. Woo! Boy, I'd be watching that. <laughs> That's you make a good point on different that. angle there. I yeah. know nothing never will happen, but it would be a pretty cool, especially now you can pay the guy. Like, hey, here's your cut for being on our show. That is true. And I be on. You could also follow one of the rookies. True. You could follow one of the rookies that's not playing right now. Like you, Will Levis. You Will Levis, who's up and down. I don't know if he's going to be the second or third guy at the moment, it sounds like. Uh, so, I've heard he's he's moved up. Has he? He's, he's uh, Anthony practicing with the second right now. Anthony Richardson would have been a fun one because of the what-if factor. But then again, you have the old Jim saying no, don't do it that guy. So. Exactly. Oh, oh, by the way, that was something that I did uh, mention here. Uh I said that uh, you may not need a running back with who's that going to be a quarterback. Oh, that's all true. Could see so. plenty of rushing attempts there. But um, now as we were talking about playoff stats, we can slide, I guess, into some baseball because we are officially past the deadline, past the all-star break, and it is it's push time. It is all in. Everyone's chips are on the table. We just saw two of the best chip pitchers in the last generation get traded. It was um, – <clears throat> In uh, Verlander and Scherzer, and not only did they get traded from teammates, from life teammates on and off throughout their career, to hey, here's a division rivalry. We're gonna slap you into a two teams that are a half game apart. One's Texas, one's Houston. Have fun. Yeah. And then you look at it and you think, man, they're old, they're done. Well, fun fact: Verlander started slow this season. You know his ERA in his last eight starts is like one point eight seven. Is it really? Yeah, he's dealing. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he's prime Verlander right now. Okay. Jumping Scherzer's issue isn't has only been the fact that he's lost some movement on his uh, slider, and that's a big out pitch for him. Um, but there's also been some questions about lackluster being a Met. Like the situation for the Mets has not been good for most of the guys, and a lot of people are now. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Mets just kind of cleaned house. Oh yeah. Like they're. They're paying one hundred and thirty-one point eight million dollars. Yeah, they're eating a ton of money to get to rid of players that are guys. not even playing for them. Guys, that like, includes Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, not not even factoring him. But then you, but I mean, you look at the winners no, and losers. That's more than twelve other teams. Oh, hundred percent. There, it's team and all those teams are in the bottom of the leagues. But you look at guys like most people put the Texas Rangers as one of the biggest winners in baseball, uh, as far as trades goes. You, you get Verlander, or sorry, you get Max Scherzer. Um, you get Montgomery from the Cardinals. You added some bullpen help. You already added Chapman earlier in the offseason, or earlier in the regular season, which we weren't even broadcasting. But Chapman, yeah. you look at Chapman, and people are like, Chapman's over the hill. Fun fact, Chapman's still pumping 102. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's as alive as he's ever been. And then that was a fun fact I shared is that as a Cubs fan, 
In 2016, the Cubs traded for a reliever. You know who that reliever was? Who? It was a role of Chapman. Really? Yeah. And they went on to do what? Oh, I was Is that what that was? Is that what that was? I'm just saying. Good okay. move if I'm for my team to trade for <laughs> Chapman midseason. With that said, though, the Cubs catch absolute fire the last month. Cody Bellinger is playing like the MVP that he won three years ago and went from six games below 500 to three games over 500 and said, hey, we're buying. Let's do this. Go out and get the best hitting behind the lineup or in the market off of the Nationals. The Reds, uh, Ellie De La Cruz has just broken baseball with the way he plays. Tons yeah. of fun, yeah. huge energy, absolute cannon. That dude stole three bases and two pitches the other, a few months yeah. ago. Yeah, I saw that. It's insane when you're bringing. And, I mean, you look up and down. The Braves are far and away. The Braves didn't have to make moves because you know who the, the Braves just got back? They've, had, they've pitched all season without Max Freed, the guy that's their ace, and he's coming back from injury now. Uh, Simeon is back, too, for the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers they are just, getting Seager. Oh, Seager, sorry. Seager back. Not yeah, Seager. they're getting Seager back tonight. Um, now, they are down Jonah Hine, so they had to, that's that the Austin Hedges trade. Uh-huh. You will not get the offense from Austin Hedges no. if you give him Jonah Hine. Austin no. Hedges is literally like Ooh. one of the three worst hitting catchers in baseball. But you know what he does well? He frames like a boss. He is a pitcher's catcher. And that's what they wanted. I, they know that the other seven, eight guys in that lineup can rake. There's no reason to move him. The Angels catch fire a little bit, decide they're going to be buyers, and they go out and they get Lucas Giatella. They got um, they added some offensive guys, some bullpen guys. Uh, Randall Grichik's a solid uh, outfielding option to fill in while they're waiting for Mike Trout. And Dominic Leone. Yeah. Um, and it, I, it, I think it, it goes one or two ways. You, it either helps your cause if you really think you have a chance to bring back Shohei. Because I think that's what it comes down to. If you really think you have a chance to bring back Shohei Otani, then you have to go out and show him we're willing to do this. If that's what it takes. Because I don't think that Otani, not all Japanese players like but a lot of them are. A lot of them don't care to be 100% in the spotlight regularly. There, there's some, like... Ichiro spent a lot of his career in Seattle because Seattle is it's Seattle. Yeah. Like it's it's like a college town. Somewhat, like they don't somewhat small market. Yes, it's big enough that it's big, but it's small enough that you can kind of fly under the radar sometimes. And it's on the West Coast, so East Coast people don't mess with you because they're asleep before you play. Yeah. Um I don't think that Otani wants to be a New York Yankee. Like, I, I think that's going to be the name everyone's going to say. The Yankees are going to want Otani. They're going to find a way to get rid of Giancarlo Stanton's book contract. Can you imagine? I mean, don't get me wrong. Can you imagine a healthy judge batting next to Otani? Yeah. God. But, and Otani batting lefty in that ballpark. He's hitting 80. I mean, it's a wiffle ballpark up there. Um, there were some teams rumored that would have been fun. Like, there was whispers of the Cincinnati Reds. And that's another ballpark where Otani could have hit 90 home runs. Like I it's didn't hear the about ball that. travel. Yeah. Oh, there were there were people like uh, J- Jim Rose or Justin Rose, I think it was, that was like Cincinnati should do it. Like Cincinnati is right now playing the best baseball they've ever done. They're loaded with a young farm system. Like go out right now and trade for Otani. Yeah. yeah. Now the only problem is, is I don't know that o- I don't not that Otani or not that Cincinnati Otani wouldn't stay in Cincinnati. I don't know that the Reds could afford Otani. Yeah. Because I. 
end of the day, that's the other thing, is that Otani's going to get paid like a Yankee, and he's going to want to play in a Milwaukee or a Chicago, I think you could see him do, because it's a big market, but the media's not as pushy as New York and L.A. The Angels are like the Clippers, though, to the Lakers. Like, they're yeah. there, but yeah. they don't get all the spotlight, so he's comfortable there. And... I mean, he's sitting at, what, 40 home runs? Yeah. He literally got hurt, the other, or not hurt, cramped the other day while he was doing things that we'll never see. Hey, hey, let me hit two home runs in one day. Oh, and I pitched a complete game a few hours ago. Like, what? This dude's breaking the sport. He, he really is. And he so, really is. It's, it's crazy what he's doing. They stay in. They're fighting for it. They're 100% buying into being all, uh, a wild card berth, though, because they're, the Rangers and the Astros are far and away taking yeah. as far as one of them is going to get a wild card spot. But then you look at the AL East, and the Yankees are awful. We, let me phrase that. We call the Yankees awful because they're four they're games last, above 500, they're, they're but they're in last place. But they're in the best division in baseball. Awful is and the they A's. They are currently beating the Rays 5-2. Yeah. And Rangers are currently winning 7-0. Yeah. And in the top of the third. And then the Angels, signed, uh, they traded for Giotello, who was supposed to be one of the best pitchers on the market. The Braves hung nine on Giotello in three innings today in his debut. So, <laughs> so yeah, Braves banked the A's today, 12-5. So, um, a lot of teams, though, made some good moves. I mean, we're sitting here now with the Orioles, one of the youngest teams in baseball. When, when we were on the air, the Rays were still record-setting pace yeah. for wins. And now the Rays are 66-44 and 44 and a game and a half back in their own division. Yeah. The Orioles are stupidly tapped with young talent, though. And they have a kid in their farm system that's going to come up and supposed to be better than all these guys that are already up there. Uh, you remember Matt Holliday? Yeah. His son, His son? Okay. is already in double A. He's 19. He was drafted last year. Really? And they've already wow. moved him up to double A. That's so, impressive. Yeah, the kid's a – Jackson Holliday is supposed to be a stud going forward. Um <clears throat> And AL Central still trash. Nothing is special there. We got one team over 500. Yankees would be in first in their division, and yet we call them terrible because they're 11 games back. I mean, I don't like the Yankees, but it's just, that's what we're talking about. Uh, like we said, Rangers and Astros are currently tied for first after Framber Valdez throws a, per- a no-no yesterday for, yeah. for the Astros. As the as Verlander trade is happening, he's still in a no-no. Yeah, I mean, the there, it's insane how good some of those teams are. Now, the Astros had to give up a lot to get Verlander. Um, they gave up their number three and number five prospect, I believe. But most people say that their farm system is bad now. Like, they finally have a bad farm system. It took them forever to get there. But um, So, uh, Seager uh, hit a two-run home run in the first. And then, there we go. Sing, back. Uh, then Seager singled to left with uh, Huff scoring. Uh, then low single to left with uh, Simeon scoring. Nice. Uh, Young grounded out. Uh, Seager scored. <laughs> and then Jankowski doubled to left and Garcia and Lowe scored. So they're they're playing quite well and so is Seager. Like he came back Here. with a with a vengeance. Yeah. The uh, you want to know the funny another funny thing when we talk about how good the American League is. All five teams in the American League East have positive run differentials. Yankees barely have one. It's plus two. Four of the five teams in the AL West, excluding the, Man- the Oakland A's, have a positive run differential. So that's nine teams in two divisions, right? Of the 15 teams in the National League, only six in the entire National League have positive run differentials, and still the Braves are the favorites for the World Series. 
I mean, it's the National League bottom half is when it, it goes really good. Eh, bleh. That is crazy. That's it. So it's going to be a fun race watching it come down. I mean, we like we said, we saw a lot of really good trades. The Orioles added Flaherty from the Cardinals. The Cardinals blowing it up is always fun. Yeah. They're like the. Um, I mean, that's one of those teams that you either you, absolutely love them or you absolutely hate them. And I personally you, absolutely you. hate them. Like, more than I hate the New England Patriots, I hate the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, because they even got rid of uh, Dijon to the Blue Jays. Yep. And so, Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays as well. The Mets did eat a ton of money. They got a couple of decent guys back, though. Uh, Luis Angel uh, Acuna. Acuna. Ronald Acuna's, Acuna's little brother. Boy. He was the number four ranked prospect in the Rangers system. Number 44 in, in Major, Major League. Yes, and the problem, as good as he is, the Rangers had to trade him. Because honestly, you have nowhere to put him. Yeah. You've got five years left on the Sinian deal. You've got eight years left on the Seager deal. And I I don't remember everyone remembers, but episode like three, when the Rangers signed Seager, I said, or when the Rangers had to get into the preseason, I said, watch out for Seager this year because if it because the shift was, he was one of the guys impacted the most by it. You know what Seager's hitting this year? It's like 329. Okay. So this he's year really the shift, really yes, really he's really crushing well. balls. Really, there really used to be guys shifting. The only thing that keeps him from even being MVP conversations is two cents on the IL and, well, Shohei Otani. Yeah. And so, like, he, but he's been that good. And so, no, having shortstop prospects for your uh, farm system don't do you any good. That's why when everyone was like, the Rangers could be linked to trading for the Angels. One, the Angels are not going to trade the best player in the history of baseball uh-huh. in their own division. Uh-huh. It's never going to happen. I don't care if you say, here's the first five pick players on our prospect board. Oh, and Wyatt Langford, who we can't even trade yet. Like, it wasn't going to happen. And so, all in all, though, it'll be a fun race. I, don't, I still don't know if the Rangers are a legitimate World Series team. I think that... The, you have two guys in Simeon and Seager who have that experience, who know how to play that. And I think Mad Max helps bring that presence. And but there's was a the, lot of... How DeGrom out? DeGrom's done for the year. He's done for the year. He okay. won't be back until... If they're lucky, he comes out of the bullpen next year in September to just start kind of getting back in the game. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't Tommy sure John, he'd be... He's, he'd be oh, he's oh that's right. That's right. That's right. And the other one in sad news and that we got to talk about a while back was... Um, I shared on our Facebook page earlier is Liam Hendricks had to get Tommy John today. I just saw it. I just saw he is, He's going to be done until 2025 now. Honest to God, I think he still wins player of the year or comeback player of the year. He still came back. There's a lot of There's a lot of – I would say Acuna is going to get in the NL because coming back from the ACL and putting up yeah. the numbers he has. But looking at the American League, you could – it's hard to sign a guy that – not take the guy that beat cancer and then came back. If he doesn't I mean, get hurt, it's 100% yeah, his award. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm, I can't think of another name that just jumps out at me as he came back from adversity to win said award. Yeah. You know? But in the NFL, the comeback player of the year is just really most improved player. That's why they vote for guys like Gino. Yeah. What did you come back from? Sucking? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, oh, what, what did you, oh, you were a backup and you, you couldn't get a starting job and now you come to a team that can actually kind of use you correctly and all of yeah. a sudden you're really good? After nine years of being an average player and having some chances and never really doing anything with them, you play good, you're the comeback player of the year. I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it is. 
Um, but, no, I mean, it'll be fun. The Phillies have turned things around. They did go out and add uh, Michael Lorenzen, the all-star. Um, we know the Rangers kind of dominated the Phillies preseason in the uh, early, early part of the year. But yeah. Phillies, at the end of the day, were still a World Series caliber team last year, so you can't sleep on them. Um, I don't know. It'll be fun to race. I think that we'll continue to watch it. We'll keep monitoring. We'll keep talking about it. I think that um, that and my desire, my love for immaculate grids – I do a lot of baseball. Oh, yeah. oh man, now. I totally forgot about doing those. Man, I tell you what, you they have, forgot. if you've never looked it up, Immaculate Grids are now in baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. Oh, they're, oh, that they're website, in two more sports now. So they added, okay. they added baseball, had 110 days of just baseball. Then they added football, basketball, and hockey within four days of each other. Okay. And so every day you put it on, the way it works, it's kind of like a, you said like a Sudoku, essentially, like you... Or a tic tac toe grid. I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, it's it's something like Sudoku, um, but it's it's its own thing. Um, it's basically it's as an example. You you have your nine by or three by three grid, your nine square grid, and you have three things on the top, three things on the left, and it's just matching the points. But yeah. a player that played for the 49ers in Kansas City. So, 49ers here, Kansas City here. And you link the and box. You link that box. And then that Kansas then City that one will have two more yeah, going down, down. And that 49er will have two more going, going this way. And then, like, what the, my favorite ones, and they do it on every board, most every board. They'll do guy that played for the Blue Jays, the Reds, stole 100 bases in a season. You know how hard it is to figure out who the hell stole 100 bases in a season without cheating? For when, and then they'll put down their teams like the, the Rockies, the Reds. The, well, not on the Blue Jays Reds. Blue Jays oh, Reds, yeah. So it'd be like the Rockies, the A's, and the Padres. Well, I know an A, Ricky, Ricky Williams, or Ricky Henderson. Shit, I couldn't tell you if a Rocky stole 100 bases. He probably hasn't. But after you're yeah. done with the grid, what's cool is after you're done, you get nine guesses. Once you get it wrong, that's it. The goal is to guess as rare of a player as you can, like Bucky Dent, someone that no one else is going to think of if he matches that stat category, and put him on. But when you lose, you have all day to do it. It doesn't delete. Like, I, I will open mine up, sit on the couch, think about it, think about it, think about it. No, I can't think of anybody right now, and then I'll move on. I do all three grids. Like, why not? I, I've learned a ton just thinking of guys. Yeah. Like, guys like Octavio Dotel pitch for, like, 14 teams. Like, he's a guy to have in your pocket because he fits, like, half the grid. Huh. Um, Rich Hill is now pitched for 17 teams. <laughs> I mean, there's guys out there that if you know that they play for a bunch of teams – Mike Maddox, not Greg Maddox. Mike yeah, Maddox, Maddox pays for like nine teams. Yeah, so, mine's the football one. Nelson I, Cruz. I can I can nail that football one like it ain't nothing. Yeah, and so it's a fun thing to look at. Uh, I'll, I'll try to start sharing them. I, I've got my buddy Justin Reed hooked on them. Like he's an avid listener of the show. He was yelling at us when we went on vacation. And he said, "Why have I already heard this episode? <laughs> we haven't done a new one. Why did I miss that? Because you didn't follow his Facebook, apparently." But, um, no, he's on it every morning now. I'll get a text, bro, these three today are hard. What three? I haven't even gotten to look at the board yet. I'm driving to work still. Like, <laughs> so those are a lot of fun, um, something to look at. As far as, as that said, there are other sports. Like, we talked about that slides into some basketball. Yeah. Um, uh, I really don't have much about basketball. Not a ton. There's, we had a recap yeah. of the offseason. This is something that we're basically going to call quick takes. Yeah. There just ain't much on uh, you got Mark Jackson, who got let go from the NBA broadcast team and replaced by Doc Rivers, who is the same person that replaced him on the Knicks in 1983. 
Did not realize that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't like Doc Rivers. I like Mark Jackson. Um, I'm sure somehow their ratings will go up, and they'll all say it's because of Doc Rivers. Even Probably. though, you know, Mark Jackson never gets his flowers. Hopefully he gets a coaching gig. We'll I, hope he, we'll I hope he does. I would love to see Mark Jackson go get his coaching gig, but this time the team give him the chance to see it all the way through. Because I stand by the statement that I think Mark Jackson... I understand the concept of you need that new voice to take a team over the hump, and that's what Mark Jackson, or that's what Steve Kerr was for Mark Jackson. Um, but I think Mark Jackson could have done it. I think Mark Jackson could have just as easily gotten Golden State to that next level. Probably. But he probably also could have been Barry Switzer. He, well, no, because he would have been the guy before Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Switzer was okay. the guy after okay, well, Jimmy Johnson. Well, the guy before Jimmy Johnson was Jimmy Johnson. Tom Landry. Well, that's true. So, so, so that's but, why I started with Barry Steve Switzer. Kirk. True. I see what you're saying. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't be Barry Switzer and, and Jimmy Jimmy Johnson. Exactly. You have to be the other guy. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, the, it's the There's, reverse. It's instead of Barry Switzer first, he's second. And Mark Jackson, instead of being that first, he's in that second spot. And Steve Kerr is taking the Jimmy Johnson role. But even though it would work the other way, it would work the other way better, but Mark Jackson just isn't on the level of Jimmy Johnson, so I had to throw Barry Switzer. Very true. I see what you're saying there. Other than that, also I mean, I know you're talking about, what's his name, um, I were talking earlier about changing jersey numbers. Oh, yeah, Anthony Edwards going from one to five. Yeah, that's yeah. nothing crazy there. Nothing crazy. Mark, Mark, uh, Montrez Harrell towards ACL, so the 76ers need a new backup center. Um there were some interesting signings. The Mavs gave Kyrie a big deal. Fred Van Fleet to the Rockets. The Rockets made some weird moves. They built this they really did. young core, and then they went out and signed guys like Dylan Brooks, who I told you he was going to get paid. Yeah. The dude's yeah. too good defensively as much as he is a tool bag not to get paid. Um, but Fred Van Fleet's a solid player. I don't understand what you want from him, though, as far as the youthful team around him. Like, you were so good at building a young core. Like, you were doing the Thunder model. And then you decided to add the veterans early, I think. Like, Oklahoma needs to add a winning piece veteran right now to get over that hump. But I think the Rockets tried to do that a little early and with the wrong people. So yeah, I think yeah. I don't know that they're going to be that much better, but they will be a better basketball team. Um, I, Damian Lillard still hasn't been traded, and the NBA's pissed at him. Um, yeah. They yeah, literally. Yeah, they literally sent out a note that says, if you actually tell teams that you won't play or trade, like, we will punish you. So this, that's not going away anytime soon. I think that I wouldn't be shocked if Portland just sits on him. Uh-uh. I mean, the NBA the, players have so have much power. With, but, yeah. Like, it, and that's what's the bad thing is. The NFL was looking at the NBA going, well, I want to do what they're doing. And you kind of can't because the, the NBA players kind of got their way in, this, in their CBA. NFL players did not. Yeah, no, not at all. NBA, the only part of the NBA player CBA that I don't like is I'm not a huge fan of the max contract system and how all that works. Like, I'm not a huge fan of it because I feel like you see guys get paid that aren't necessarily as good as what they're getting paid, but because this is how the contracts cliff, that's what they get paid. And they would probably get paid less if it was a true open market paid off skill set. Yeah. Um, and then because you see some of these guys like that get paid, you see some other guys that kind of get on the shaft end of things as far as some of their paychecks because maybe they're a quality player, but they're not a superstar, so they get stuck on the burner to get a last-minute scrubby deal. So 
it'll be fun. I mean, the free agency was pretty wild. We shared a bunch of things on the page throughout. It's a little late to go back and, you know, rehash all of them, but it'll be a fun season as we get closer out getting in there, seeing how it goes. The draft was fun. We have Wim Binyama is officially a spur like we knew he would be. Um, Scoot Henderson, the, the Thompson brothers, those will be pretty cool. The yeah. twins, they both look like they're going to be solid based off Summer League. Chet Holmgren um, looked like a stud and has multiple people saying that he's going to win Rookie of the Year because he was technically hurt. He's going to get that Ben Simmons so Rookie of the Year. Treatment. One of the things I was going to bring out, I couldn't think of his name, but from what something that I read was uh, Portland is uh, they're interested in Jamie Jacquez Jr. Okay. Uh, for Which the trade. Can LNB be traded uh, now? Over um, uh, Nikola Jovic. Last year's first round pick for yeah. the Heat. So, they like they like him more than Jovic. So, if there is a trade happening, that's likely to involve him going to Portland. Okay. Which he did get picked. Portland had because I think Portland had two first round picks, but yeah, their second first round pick was twenty three, and Jaime uh, Jacquez went eighteen. So they probably were hoping he'd slide. Yeah. And they missed that window on him. So it'll be fun. I mean, um. Kind of getting into it, like I said. Uh, other than that, other sports stuff would be we do have the Women's World Cup going on, which um, Team USA is relatively crapping the bed. I mean, uh, they to were say the least. they were the ultimate powerhouse favorite going into things, and they ended up getting second in their own um, pool. And like legends of women's soccer were watching the girls go out and celebrate with selfies with the fans after a draw and they were just like I would be embarrassed yeah and so like I was gonna say was it Lloyd Carly Lloyd Lloyd. that was just like why are I get you need to respect the fans and be with them but you need to get your ass in the locker room because y'all sucked (laughs) oh yeah always so that's definitely interesting to see um uh, something else that I have is um, Jamaica. They're um, they launched a GoFundMe to uh, get to the Women's World Cup, and they're on their way to the round of sixteen for the they first are. time in they, history. They did so, qualify, so they had to get a GoFundMe just to make it. Yeah. And now they're moving on. Did you hear? That sounds like how they got their uh, bobsled team in the Olympics here. Oh yeah, yeah. But you, do you hear the, you know the team, the team that they uh, beat to get in, or I think they ended up drawing them, but they got in with five points. France was the number one in that division with seven. They drew with France. Third was Brazil, who is historically very good at soccer. Wow. Women's or men's, Brazil is very good at soccer. Fourth was Panama. I'm sorry. I don't know much about Panamanian soccer, but I'd assume they were better at soccer than Jamaica was. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like they went through some slouches like they went in and handled business, got them to, got a W against Panama, and then took draws with France and Brazil to get their five points. So, props to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing um, for the uh, Olympic uh, type of events oh, the feedback. is uh, that um, Simone Biles is going to be back uh, for the first time since the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, she'll be competing this coming weekend at the U.S. Classic. So that'll be interesting to see her, uh, see what she does. I have such mixed feelings on her. With her depression With, that she was going through. Yes, but from what it's not that her depression's going through because I, I've, I deal with uh, being abused by the coach. 
I, don't, I mean, they, the whole organization feeling like that. Yeah. But I guess I feel like they knew and she knew she was having these issues at the qualifiers. Like, this wasn't like she got to the Olympics and it's just on set on her. Right, but, and, I mean, you're talking about even more pressure. No, and Probably and I even more criticism from your coach. For sure, already as they got new staffing and all that point. I just, like, I wonder if, I feel like they could have, maybe I'm, maybe this is more towards the Olympic Committee as a whole as they did the election selecting process, but I think they could tell that the writing was on the wall that something was coming with her at the trial. Like, you, she didn't look her best at the trial. I mean, that is true, but it's and Simone Biles. It is like, Simone Biles. You have to bring her along. I mean, you think for you had Simone Lee went out there and did her thing and got the Olympic gold. Yeah. But, like, it, you just wonder if knowing, if someone knew that she might have had this issue, like, if they might have known that there was something because you could tell she wasn't at 100%, if there was an opportunity for someone else who might have been ready. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, I'm yes. Not, no, I understand that, but it's Simone Biles. I know. It's like it's like if Michael Jordan wasn't a hundred percent, and Michael Jordan was available, are you taking Michael Jordan or are you taking someone else that might help you a little bit more? Yeah, I see what you're, you're saying. You're taking Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're you're taking the go like Michael Phelps. <clears throat> if Michael Phelps wasn't hundred percent, but you Michael had Michael Phelps. Phelps. Right, well, Michael Phelps would just smoke the ball and jump in the water. Okay, <laughs> but that's that's Simone Biles. Uh, yeah, that's like, true. She was. It was just, it was a rough situation to watch on television. It, it, was, it, it, was, it was, it was. It was terrible. It was a hard one to watch. Sad on, on multiple accounts and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how she does, getting her yeah. back into competing. Um, the other, I mean, there's the chicken tennis that's not too dissimilar from her situation with that deals with some anxiety issues. Oh, and, uh, uh, that, uh, She's having a baby now. Uh, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. She's one of the best women's tennis yeah. players in the world when she actually plays. She doesn't play all the time anymore. Like, she's got to the point now where she basically just plays, like, majors. And even then, sometimes she just goes, oh, I just don't feel like it. Naomi Osaka. No, yeah, no, Naomi Osaka. She's been one that, like, at the Olympics, you see her just, she just blundered. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where, now there's also questions with her about dedication to the game. Like, there's been whispers hers were, Yeah, but hers was a lot of anxiety and depression as well. Yeah, and so it'll be, um, those, that's another one that, there's some few of them on the women's side that have those going on. But then we also had some fights. Um, I'm yes. not a fight watcher. Hey, I actually got... I, I took down a lot of notes. Did you take them? I didn't I watch much, but I know that Spence got worked. Now, I also yes. know that he didn't look like he was ready to fight when he walked in the ring. He looked a little messed up in the face. I think Crawford <laughs> was already in his head. You think so? Yeah. Crawford was already in his head. He had him beat before the belt. Dude, I, I don't think that... I think Spence, since his accident, has been on the downside anyway. Yes. I, yeah. I think that we... As normal with boxing, this is the problem with boxing. We always see the fight we want five years too late. And I really think that we, is true. I and think we a saw this is fight. They're trying to build it up and like let these guys get a little bit more yeah, under no, them. Forget but, that. UFC goes, kind of look, look this guy's a rising star. Throw his ass in there and let's fight. Yeah. And what does that do? That's how we've started to establish who these great fighters are. Is because you know what? You can have a loss in the that's UFC one, and still be an all time great. Don't last very long is in in UFC is the next guys already coming up. Yeah, right. they're yeah. there. They're going to give him the shot. Yeah, they're going to give him a shot. So you better put in your work and be ready to get the wins. And so I think that that literally, in my opinion, is the thing that draws me not to care for boxing. Though is that's my entire life. It seems like. We always got the fight you wanted that hyped up five years too late. We got Pacquiao Mayweather five years too late. We got that sucker like eight years too yeah, late. Yeah, way too late. Even when we find when uh, Mayweather fought, was it De La Hoya? 
Like, De La Hoya was like 39 by yeah. the time they fought. And he still won. And he still he should still have won, won the fight. Yeah. He won. Like, it's, it's just one of those things if where you, you watch that match and you think Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather won, it's because you're stuck up his ass. Yeah, no, it's just, there. that's my always been my issue with boxing. Like, it's just that, it's just always too late to the party. Yeah. I mean, at least. Like, even even uh, Triple G. Like, Triple G was 70 matches into going against Canelo. Yeah. Like, at that, po- at that point, like, even me as a huge Triple G fan, I was like, at this point, like, yeah, he's you're you're going. I think a, an old Triple G versus like a a middle of the not not young anymore, but just a little up there. Canelo, who's still got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, like I, I think that's to what me at that point. I was like, eh. and then he still like to me he got robbed. Triple G should have won that first match. The second match was 100 percent Canelo. Yeah, but Triple G won that first match. No, no I, question about it to me. I think that's kind of what makes guys like Jake Paul at least kind of entertaining because they're just young and reckless about Speaking it. Speaking of rate. Jake Paul. And he does, and yep, he's got one coming. He's yep. got, is this in what, a week or two or something? Uh, it's pretty soon. Saturday. Yeah, so it's, it's this weekend. Yeah, yeah. he against goes against, and they And he and actually, it's on ESPN Books. And he did come out and say that, uh, or he didn't say it, but his his media people, it's crazy to think of a YouTuber as media people, but uh they did say that there's whispers that if he was to lose to Diaz, he'd hang up boxing. Well, so here's here's my thing. He lost to an actual boxer, so he went back to fighting MMA guys. Yeah, but he, I mean, he true. lost to Tyson Fury. Oh yeah, and not Tyson Fury. Uh, Fury's brother. Uh, yeah, the, the other, other brother. The other Fury. Yeah, the other Tommy Fury. Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he <laughs> lost to me. Tommy. He lost to Tommy. Yeah. Like there wasn't it wasn't about that. Tommy was an actual boxer. He did really well against Tommy, but he lost. So now he's going back to going against those guys that aren't professional boxers so that he could hopefully get another win. Because he, he finally was like, all right, I'll, I'll dip my toes into the actual actual boxers. And then he was like, oh, let me go back to the dudes I can probably beat. Well, and I think he also, I mean, the kid does a great job promoting himself. His brother's the same way. Like, yeah. you can't, yeah. there's no knocking what the two of them have done as far as self-promotion and build-up. Like, here we are recording a YouTube video that we throw out for y'all, and these kids are millionaires because of this stuff. So, um, it, he, he doesn't have the technical aspect of fight the real boxers. Like, he can right. hold his own because right. he can take a punch. We've seen it. He'll take yeah. a punch. And he gets, he's, he's careless enough to get back up. That's also what's entertaining about him is he doesn't quit. Like, I've got to give him that. But Diaz is also – my worry with him is that I, Diaz is not going to be technically sound. No. Diaz is a street fighter 101. But the other thing is is I've seen Nate Diaz take a punch. Nate Diaz. You better hit him hard. He's, <laughs> he's made of stone. Yes. He's made of stone. Like, Diaz might not be able to throw hands like he could in his past, like – physically throw the punches to keep up with him power wise I don't know that he's going to have the strength that Paul has anymore because Paul is strong with effort yeah, like he, yeah, he works yeah. out well but like we said he's like punching a brick wall Diaz just takes him and just goes look we can do this all day like he's Captain America I'm getting his ass whooped like <laughs> so I, I'm not going to pay money to watch a boxing match like I just won't but I will watch I'll keep an eye on it and be yeah. wondering about it like it'll you be know. interesting to me but speaking of Tommy Fury, uh, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury are set up to uh, fight 10-round match in October. That's right. Uh, in Saudi Arabia. 
So that is going to be very interesting because I've read a little bit on it and people are scared for Fury because Ngannou packs an absolute missile. Oh yeah, he is. So, but I don't know that Ngannou is going to, it's going to be the same thing. I don't know the technical side of yeah. things are going to come down. Ngannou has to land the punch before he slips up and gives himself up because he's going to open up at yeah. some point because he's not a technical sound fighter. He hasn't been training long enough for that kind of fighting, I don't think. He might try to block a kick and he can't get kicked. Like. <laughs> and so, but on the topic of Saudi Arabia, that did bring me into something else. Oh, you have more fights? Yeah, I've got way more UFC MMA. Oh, well, go ahead, yeah. and then I'll go back to my Saudi yeah. Arabia drive yeah. here. So, on, so, back to Terrence Crawford. Um, Spence is likely going to invoke his rematch. Um, oh, yeah, because But they, the thing is, is that uh, Crawford, because he won, gets to choose the weight class and likely is going to stay in the weight class, even though um, uh, uh, Spence wants to move up to the 154. With that said, <clears throat> if you watched the fight, and I'm sure some of y'all did, Terrence Crawford, while he was beating up Spence, was talking crap to Mel Charlo, the light heavyweight or the light middleweight champion. Like, in the middle of the ring, fighting Spence, he was yelling at the champ of the other division that he was that they were going to fight each other. So there's a possibility that Mel Charlo and him may be lined up right after him and uh, Spence rematch. The question is, how long do you wait? I mean, you could boxing. They usually fight three times a year, so yeah. they could so it's, it's going to be a while. Six um, months. So the other thing is, UFC 291 prelims was the second most viewed event in TV history. Oh. TV history. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so who fought? Well, Justin Gathjay. <clears throat> Justin Gathjay um, had a brutal kick of Poirier. And um, for the uh, BMF title. Okay. And now there's talk that Gath J and McGregor, Conor McGregor, he's might still, have a fight. Because he's doing I, tough right now. He's doing tough right now. So him and Michael, uh, Michael something, uh, Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler. Him and Michael Chandler are doing uh, tough right now. Which is the TV show. So right, they're remote, they're uh, planning a fight against each other soon. Okay. Once everything is over. So that'd be cool. Right now, always like the there's notorious. a rumor going around that for big money, McGregor and and Gap J. Yeah, the only way you're gonna get McGregor in a yeah. ring at this point is big money because big money. he might not be the fighter he was, but his name is still there. Mm -hmm. Like you put McGregor in a ring, and you'll get idiots like me to buy a fight. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. Just hoping he wins. He's not gonna, but... <laughs> and then, the next thing is, is uh, he could possibly face uh, Islam uh, Makachev, um, which is the light heavyweight champion. Okay. Um, and then, um, Poirier actually believes that Gath J can beat him. So, that might actually be the match that we end up getting. And that might be a really good one. Yeah, you're, now you're in a belt fight. Yeah, now you're, yeah. Going for the belts. Um, and Makachev faces uh, Charles Oliveira for the for their rematch uh, in October in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Alex Pereira uh, defeats um, light heavyweight champ Jan 
Blackwich. <clears throat> it is a 205 lightweight, light heavyweight debut. Uh, because so many divisions. So yeah, he was he was in the 185 division uh, against uh, Israel Adesanya, the the last top yeah. vendor who just recently beat him or beat him in November. So he actually went up in weight to the next class, and he's already the number two, and he's likely going to be facing J uh, Jamal Hill, who is the champion. Well, all right. So he's he's moving up quickly, and um, seems like it'd be easier to gain weight and muscle in a sport like that than to cut weight. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, yeah. And that is oh, I, I did have that down, McGregor and Michael Chandler. Um, that is all I have on that. Um, now you want to uh, talk oh, yeah. about Saudi Arabia and golf, and right? No, no, I wasn't okay. even gonna get into golf. I haven't okay. paid much attention. Right. I was gonna get into Saudi Arabia and the insane soccer money they've been throwing around. Oh, because okay. as we all know, Lionel Messi came to America. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lionel Messi, I, in my career field now that you all know that I started out in my hotel job. Thank you to SNK Consulting for helping me make that happen. Um, I work with a property in Miami and we had to hesitate with how we set up certain things because of what Lionel Messi brings. Like they didn't realize as people that live there what the international pool that Lionel Messi is going to bring. And so that's getting interesting because now they're call I get in a call with them and they'll go, Mr. Steven, you don't this guy's everywhere. Like, we don't know anything about soccer, but we all know who Lionel Messi is. And so we've watched Saudi Arabia lately dip into this large pool of money that as a country, I guess, they put aside to blow up their sports league, and they brought Cristiano Ronaldo over. They brought other big-name players in that aren't as big as those, but one of the guys they went after recently, and it was well-noted all over the world, was the contract they offered to Kylian Mbappe. Mm-hmm. They offered to pay $300 million for the transfer fee. And then a one-year contract up to $771 million. The total evaluation of the deal was like $1.1 million. And he turned it down. And now... Oh, he did? He turned it down. Oh, wow. He declined it. He has a $60 million loyalty bonus for PSG that if he's on their roster on the 1st of August, which he is, they owe him $60 million now for being loyal to their cause and staying with the team. Now, most people think he also has a contract lined up with uh, Real Madrid. And mm -hmm. so as soon as he's done, he's going to leave and go to Real Madrid. Um, I, I heard people go all kinds of ways. If you're 24 years old and seen as one of the future superstars or already a superstar in your game, yeah, do you take the money, considering that you've made $205 million in just soccer money already at 24 years old and won the World Cup, or do you continue to push for your legacy? Because that's why he turned it down. He came out and said that going to Saudi Arabia, great. The money is awesome. But I want to be great. And nobody great plays their prime in Saudi Arabia. Oh. Like, like that was the essential. He, that wasn't the exact wording, but like that's what he said is that basically I want to go play in Spain, England, one of those places to prove that I am one of the best to ever do this. Yeah, yeah. And so when you consider not even factoring in his endorsement money and everything, I respect it. I respect that he was willing to come out and say, no, I love this game, and I love what I want my name to mean and the annals of history of this sport, or whatever the word I was looking for there is, 
Um, I, a lot of people gave him backlash for turning down that kind of money. But props, kid. Props, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Go out there and tell the world, you know, look what I can do. Like, I want to yeah. go win trophies in all these countries that matter. I wanna, he's already got a World Cup. Hell, we've seen his numbers in the World Cup. At 24, he's one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen in the history of the World Cup. <laughs> like, he probably will have a shot at another one in 2028. 2028, right? No. 2026. Yeah, no. There are four years. 2026? Yeah. Okay. It's coming up soon. Okay, 2026. It's in a few years because yeah. America's going to be it. With that said, America star, uh, Pulisic, he went to AC Milan along with uh, Mustafa, their 20-year-old stud defender. So the two of them have now teamed up. Um, Tyler Adams and two other Team USA guys are now on Leeds United in England. So the U.S. we didn't talk about it because we weren't on, but they, they did. They won that big uh, event leading into the one that Mexico won. Uh, the one that Mexico won is a joke term, like the Copa or whatever. Oh, okay. That one's kind of a joke. Most teams send their B rosters to it, like Pulisic. All those guys didn't play. The only starter that the U.S. sent was Matt Turner. Jesus Ferreira plays for um, the guy that he scored like crazy in that event. Plays for FC Dallas. Like, uh, he's like 28. Okay. okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> he probably won't even make the actual World Cup roster. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, it was, uh, the only thing that brought me to Saudi Arabia, though, was seeing that it was just cool to see a, see an athlete take the time to say, no, my career and how it ends all together means more to me than the money because I will make the money elsewhere. Right. So, it's, I just want to take time to give the kid this credit. Like, that's awesome. Like, I, yeah. I don't know that majority of athletes nowadays do that. I think that you have a select number of people that are willing to turn away that kind of money because it is guaranteed money. It's seven hundred million dollars in guaranteed money. It's generational. I mean, you're taking care of your family's family essentially. Right. But right. Twenty four years old, he knows he can get it back. Like 100%. just in endorsement deals, I'm sure he'll end up signing oh, yeah. someone with a. He'll end up with an Adidas deal for a lifetime because he's a soccer player or something yeah. like that. So. And that's not even counting that that goes into what we talked about because Messi turned down like seven hundred million to go there right. also yeah. to come to America with his family and all that. In his first three in his first two games in Inter Miami, he scored two goals and led him to two or three goals and led him to two wins, kicking a game winner on a free kick. Um, they're not even done. Supposedly Luis Luis Suarez, who's like I one of that. Messi's best friends, yeah, I saw is that. waving his decision to retire to the idea of coming to Inter Miami. Basically, Inter Miami is just putting together the. Barcelona team from the early two, uh, early mid two thousands that was stupid good yeah. and just going y'all are all good enough still to win in America yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so it's entertaining like I know that soccer isn't the big deal in America necessarily that it is in other countries but um I, it's time to get into it like I really think that if people would sit down and learn the game it's it's a fun game to watch and we're getting star power here like it's yeah. the price of a ticket for an inter miami game the minute messi signed went from 37 dollars to 485 dollars and then do you know who owns inter miami like the co-owner i would say what jay-z nah david beckham oh well that makes sense then. so david beckham now sits on the sideline of all the inter miami yeah one of the first guys to kick that threshold door like yeah. He came to the LA Galaxy, him, and then you had Ibrahimovic, and which his retirement was great. Were we doing the show when he retired? I don't think so. His his retirement statement, 
The day he retired, it was raining outside, and he commented on Twitter on only what Ibrahimovic could do. Yeah. Even God is sad that Ibrahimovic <laughs> is done playing soccer. Like, only Zoltan Ibrahimovic has that kind of balls. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, not, I, I mean, I will say, just if you haven't given it a chance, give it a chance because you're going to want to know what's going on in 2026 when the World Cup gets here. Because I've said it once, I've said it twice now. The U.S. isn't here, is playing, in playing games. When this World Cup gets here, you're going to go in as one of the ten best teams in the world, and it's not going to be, can the U.S. make the five qualifying round? It's going to be, does the U.S. have a shot at bringing home the World Cup on their home turf? And just don't miss out and become the fair weather guy. Learn now. Because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I think I'm gonna be the fair weather guy. Are you? <laughs> I won't. I've I've been paying attention more and more, just getting ready for it because I know it's got that coming. So, but all right, what you got? All right, we got NCAA football. Oh yeah, we do have to get a little bit yeah, of that because we're coming up on NCAA games. Football? Yeah, we do. How about Jim Harbaugh out for four weeks? Meh. Playing nobody. Yeah. It, won't, it won't affect their it's, season at all. They're playing East Carolina, uh, who was seventh in the AAC last year. They're playing UNLV, who was fourth in the Mountain West. Yeah. Bowling Green, who was third in the Mid-American. And then Rutgers, who was last in the Big Ten. That's who they're playing. That's who Jim Harbaugh is, or Michigan is missing with Jim Harbaugh. So, no one cares. All right. Here's the big news. Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. They are? Yeah. Yes. It'll be fun. Here's what the rumors are. ACC's Clemson and FSU, Pac-12's Oregon and Washington could be moving to the Big Ten as well. Okay. The Clemson and the FSU doesn't make sense to me, but I don't think the Oregon Clemson and Washington do. It, the, my problem that we're running into now is the proximity. Like I understand how easy it is for these people to travel and to do all that, yeah. but I didn't like the idea of USC from... and UCLA exactly. Yeah. The end of the day, they're still students. Yeah. Like they have to go to class Monday. Like not all of them I know don't go to class. Some of them don't, but not every guy on that team on these teams is going to the NFL. Ninety nine point eight percent aren't even going to sniff the league. Right. So they have to go to class Monday. They're not all getting NIL deals. So I just don't – I have a hard time getting behind the idea that the Pac-12 schools that are on this coastline here that are three hours behind in some cases have to jump on a plane, fly to Penn State, play Penn State, and then fly home the next day and just be expected to be, hey, I hope you slept good on Sunday. Cause yeah. you, you got No, because on Sunday morning, what are they going to have to do? Go to the training room. Get their game film for the next week's game. Do all that stuff. Oh, and hold a passing GPA without the school getting onto them. Like, at some point or another, being a college athlete is a full-time job. Like, excluding the school part, it is a full-time job. These guys that graduate with masters or even double majors and everything else, they're freaks. Like, it's insane. Like, I slept in college just going to college. (laughs) Like... I, that's my biggest issue of all of it is the travel implications that we're starting to see by building these super conferences. Because and these that's games where are, I have the issue with Clemson and FSU. Yes, like because, they're way too off yeah. of, of that. You tell me that when Clemson plays 
Oregon. That, that's literal opposite sides of the country. Yeah. Like, that's the Dolphins playing the Seahawks. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you might as well make these game neutral site games and start right. playing them in St. Louis and I mean, shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's possible. And but if this did end up happening, that would mean that Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, maybe Clemson and FSU, all in one division. That would rival the SEC. It would rival the names, but I don't think it brings as good a football still. I still, but at the same time, I think if Clemson and Florida State went to the SEC because that would regionally make more sense, I think they both get their butts kicked. I think Clemson so would be closer. And, and that was the other thing that I had with Clemson is, why would you leave the AAC where you're dominating every year and, and you're, college always, football you're always in the championship yeah. talk? Why would you leave to go somewhere else to make more money when you're always in the competition? Because for the school, it's all about the money. The school will make more money by playing those big schools every yeah. week, win or lose, than they will that. And that that's the sad part about how it's all going. Um but I mean, at some point, the Pac-12 is just gonna. The government still got to We're gonna lose the Pac-12 because what's gonna end up happening is Arizona, Arizona State will end up with oh, the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, point. yeah. That, that's what's gonna happen. The Big Twelve is gonna come in. Yeah, if, as soon as you already lost USC, UCLA, so that's gonna be an issue. The Big Twelve is missing the opportunity right now to go. Here's how we salvage our conference: the Arizona, Arizona State, uh, getting that section of the country I right mean, there. You, you just brought in Colorado, so you why just not? Just brought in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Bring those schools in. Talk to a well, – they already brought BYU in, correct? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, bringing in Arizona does not help you for football. God, God, when Kansas plays Arizona in basketball, though, we all going to watch. Woo! <laughs> that is I mean, true. That's the that part that people forget is that when you bring all these schools in, we go to football. There's other sports. And yeah. Arizona is a perennial powerhouse in basketball. Yeah. Arizona State is a contender in all levels in most sports. They're one of those teams that – Never super, but always decent at everything. So they're always going to hold their own. Like, man, like, there are schools out there that can still find ways to make these other conferences money because, like we said, the Pac-12 is done. Like, I can't even think about who's still in the Pac-12 with Arizona State gone. It's saying, mm-hmm. well, Arizona State or Oregon State wouldn't be gone, I guess. You have yeah, be- you have Oregon State, Wazoo. Washington. No, Washington's part of it. Oh, Washington. Oregon and Washington. Oh, I thought you said another school. My bad. Yeah, so, yeah, so you, you have the, Washington oops, State. Big Ten. Uh, who did we say? Uh, the Pac-12. The Pac-12, Pac-12. All right, we got Arizona State, Arizona, Cal. California, um, Oregon State, Stanford. Um, so Cal, Stanford, Utah, Arizona State, and, and Arizona, State. you would want to get all of them in the Pac-12. At this point, if you're Washington State, you better hope you get into the Mountain West. Yeah. Like, you got to play – at some point, you have to play the regional battle. Like, I, it's, someone's going to have to account for that. I can kind of see why USC can just say, we're USC, we can afford it. UCLA, we can afford it. Um, but on the topic of Oregon, because I know you love this name, did you see who committed to the 2025 Oregon class? I did not. One, Achilles Smith Jr. Really? His son. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, Achilles Smith. Is he a linebacker too? He's quarterback. Oh. But I know you were an Achilles Smith fan, yep. and he is committed to play quarterback for the University of Oregon mm. in 2025. I was saying to Spikes, Achilles yeah. Smith, okay. And Achilles Smith has come out and said that uh, his son came out and said, I'm ready to bring a championship to Eugene. So, 
thought I thought you liked that one. That's a little yeah. high school prospect yeah. nugget for you. Yeah, but I when uh was he like a three or four star? Four. Four star quarterback, okay. twenty twenty five class. So not this year, okay. but next year. Um, it. I like I said, I went in work. I tra- talked to people all in the country, and I have property in that area. And he was like, the, the general manager was excited about the prop, the, the signing of him because he was like, nowadays with NIL, I don't trust any of these kids until they trust step in the building. But with Achilles Smith's son, it's like, oh, he's coming. Like I don't have to doubt that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was cool. a pretty cool one. And then. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's going to be a good season. you got a lot of true contenders, some that make me gross to think about college-wise. you got Ohio State's always good. Georgia, how do you sleep on the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, you can't. You can't. Alabama, questionable. I, I think you could – Texas has the ability to have their quarterback play themselves into the top ten. I, I think that – Oh, I think they'll be in the – They better do it now because they suck next year. I think they'll be in the top six. You think they'll be a top six team? I don't think they'll be top five. I think they'll be right outside the top five. I don't think they're better than Georgia. I don't think they're better than – what's it? Uh, I don't know if they're better than Ohio State. I think they're better than Michigan. I don't know that they beat USC. I think that USC comes down to Caleb Williams, just as that good of a football player. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they're better than LSU. I think LSU has a stupidly good roster. Yes, I'm a fan, but yeah. LSU had a very good season yeah. last year, and they kept most of that young talent. So they're going to be a team to watch. Clemson will be – it'll just depend for Clemson what they get out of the quarterback play. That's been their issue last couple of years. It's been inconsistency there. Yeah. I, I still say that they're going to be top six. You still, I think though, I, I don't know. This gives Oklahoma a little more chance looking at them. I don't think Oklahoma's going to be anything. Penn State, Oregon, I'm not too worried about most of those schools. I think that, I think it's a six-team race, but this is the last year of the four-team playoff, right? Yes. This is our last year of a four-team yeah. playoff and the last time that Texas and OU play in the Big 12. So, Texas and OU better do it now because they're screwed next going, year yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like, when they go to the SEC hey, and they have to money. play... Yeah, they got money, but now they're going to play LSU. They're going to play Arkansas, which Arkansas is hit or miss, but LSU, Alabama, all that. <laughs> yeah, have fun. So, that'll be Tennessee could be interesting. Mm. Um, they got some decent pieces. Mm. TCU will be done. I don't think they come back and repeat it. Tennessee, to me, you lost Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt. They lost uh, a lot of pieces of their quarterback. Like, the, yeah, but, like, you lost three legitimate pieces. They did, but like, there's a lot legitimate. of love for the kid that's becoming the quarterback. That, that's that's okay, but you lost three legitimate pieces. True. That are that were three guys that are to your on offense. NFL rosters yeah. at this point. That so, were yeah. integral to your offense. Um, like you're going to see some struggles this year with Tennessee. They might be back the year after. I don't. I don't. I think this is going to be one of those years where just because they lost so many others, th- those three main starters that was their offense, like losing them is going to be a big thing for them. Yeah. So, but other than that, well, I mean, I think that's something as we get closer to time, we can definitely start diving into the big games and all that more. I don't. Yep. I think that pretty much does it. Get a kind of a recap, a touch on what's coming. We're excited for. Football season, both college and pro, playoff baseball. I mean, we're going to definitely get to have topics of playing matchups coming, players coming, and all that fun stuff. So, oh, yeah. looking forward to it. Definitely, we'll, as we already dropped a couple of fun little fantasy nuggets, I'm sure the two of us are big fantasy football players. We don't want to give away the guys we like, but right, we're also, right. we're not in a league together this year. So, we can't rob each other's draft strategies by dropping knowledge bombs. Oh, so I will drop the, knowledge bombs. In the, that, I didn't get an invite yet, but I'm not in that Facebook chat anymore. Remember, oh. a new Facebook page. 
I control it. Oh, yeah. New <laughs> Facebook page. You gotta be right there. Oh, well, apparently we are, but that's low budget. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the uh, I forgot about the off-topic sports league. We'll be in that one together. So, um, who knows? Maybe if we get a bunch of people to hit us up, we start one of those uh, little free knockout leagues or something for the show watchers and have a little bit of fun with the participants and all that. So, other than that, I think that's about it, everybody. Yeah. Y'all have a good one, and yeah. peace.